What's, what's ha- happening, all you delicious people? <laughs> what's happening, <laughs> Welcome to the First Step Theology Podcast, where we discuss our glorious God, so that we all might love and enjoy Him in a greater way. Luke is face down on the desk <laughs> after thinking he could start the intro and then bailing out halfway through. How are you, mate? I'm good. It's because he gave me one of those looks that I'm like, oh no, I'm so scared. <laughs> one of my a, glares. He's such an intimidating guy. Mm. My name is Joel, if you happen to be <laughs> rolling in at this episode 63. You're not important, mate. We Move on. Word. Well, speaking of the important man, I'm with Luke Rasmussen. Surely this is not becoming a thing. Well, we shall see. I'm the one with the buttons in front of me, so. Why? <laughs> speaking of me having the buttons in front of me, uh, where's Dylan and Noah? Yeah, actually, I've, I've noticed that. Yeah, they just s- stopped coming in. I asked Stansbury about this earlier, <laughs> yeah. and he had no idea. Your new PA, Stansbury. Yeah, Dylan and Noah seem to have grown up and gone to get real jobs. <laughs> yeah, they have actually gone and got real jobs. <laughs> yeah, rather than hanging out with us. It's a bit sad, really. It is. Yeah. Well, we can weep about it later, because today we are about to get to talking about special <laughs> revelation. Don't think you're going to get to the content so <laughs> yeah. quickly. Listen. Our wives are just rubbing their hands in satisfaction just then. Yeah, we will get to that. But yeah. first, you were telling me uh, just earlier about, um, well, I suppose we're talking about men. We've been talking about men recently. In yeah. relate, We've had a men's event. We've been preaching through, through First Peter, manhood. Big part of being a man <laughs> seems to be an eager willingness to um, just leave. Be ignorant. Be ignorant of bodily ailments. Yeah. Uh, and just, you know, just let it fester, as it were. Well, uh, actually, <laughs> yeah, fester is the right word. I, yeah. I actually was thinking about this in regards to, I had a realisation the other day that I'm like, oh no, I'm becoming like my parents. Mm-hmm. In that like, <laughs> there's different things that happen when you when you start to get old and you're like, oh, my dad used to say this all the time. Sure. Like, for example, if something happens, and in fact, I think my mum mocked me about it the other day on the phone. Mm. If something happens to someone that's tough, I always say, ah, it's good for him. Sure. Okay. And that's a family. That's my dad always says, ah, it's good for you. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm. Sure. Which is terrible. Well, it's true, I guess. Mm. But anyway, I realized that I was doing this the other day because I have so many different like pains in my body. (laughs) And it started with like. Speaking of things that happen when you get old. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the other side of the hill now, there, champ. It's game over. Don't say we. <laughs> yeah, I forgot you're like, what are you, 13 or 14? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so um, uh, I have like busted elbows. Sure. Um, oh, no, actually, what made me, yeah, what I was thinking about is earlier this year or late last year, I smashed my thumb with a hammer. Oh, you did. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Quite bad. Mm. Um, and. Uh, I didn't go to the doctor, no. despite every person in my life telling me. But I was like, I'll be fine. i, I got to get the job done. Got the job done, nice. ladies and gentlemen. That's a man. That's a man right yeah. there. Power through. Power through. Mm. Anyway, I, I now, my thumb's now munted. Like, as in my, my, <laughs> my nail has healed. But I, go, yeah. I go to pick things up. And it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Or it's, it's painful. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's getting to the point now where I'm like... I'll go to pick up things with my other hand. <laughs> Just avoid <laughs> use of a one whole hand. Yeah. 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 But and you got that job done. I got the job done. 
fully done. No worries. And now it's Charlotte won't we'll give me no sympathy. Like I went to pick up something and then I dropped it the other day. At first she responded like, oh, is he okay? And then she knew what hand it was and she just looked away. Just ignored it because yeah. she's like, I've told you <laughs> a billion times, go and get it looked at. I'm, like, I'm not going to do it. No, yeah, I'm going to keep dropping my one-year-old yeah. because <laughs> she needs to deal with this. Yeah, I can't because my hands – no, I just balance them with one hand. It's fine. Yeah, true. That at three, easy. Yeah, what about your wrist? Well, and so this is the problem. <laughs> and then I realised this is my this is my upbringing. So I've also got munted elbows from mm. all of my skateboarding injuries. Nice. Shall I say skating injuries? Which I did not want to go and get uh, X-rayed because you can't. You don't want to roll into the skate park with a cast on. No, and plus, how do you wipe your butt? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I thought Top about. Top of the list. Yeah. So anyway, then I realised that this stems from my parents. Sorry, Mum, who listens to this podcast. Mm. But uh, when I was we're throwing shade on you now. Yeah, it's coming back at you. <laughs> Be warned, because she will come after us. Um, I was a, a young lad playing basketball. Mm. I tripped up, was tripped up by a girl and I broke my wrist, yeah. but didn't realize it was broken. It was really painful. And anyway, spent the rest of the year <laughs> complaining <laughs> to my parents to the point where I could hardly use my wrist anymore. And I went and showed my mum, and I was like, I can't, this hurts. Like, mm-hmm. And so then she takes me to the doctor. I ended up having to have surgery where they drilled bones out of my <laughs> hip to replace the bone in my wrist. Wow. Because my parents were like, nah, you'll yeah, be right. Yeah. What, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Exactly right. And that wasn't the first time they did that. Wow. Happened with my elbow once. They sent me to my room because my elbow was so sore so they could finish their roast dinner. <laughs> <laughs> After I'd fallen off an electrical box pushed by my okay, older okay. brother. So you fall off. Okay, okay. Your family is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. and so you get pushed off an electrical box, yeah. which is a great place to play Yeah. as a boy. Yeah. And do something to your elbow. Yeah. You're weeping. I'm ru- in agony. Run inside to your yeah. caregivers. Yes. Yeah. Those those who love and adore you. And they- Apparently. Mid-meal? No, no. They were just finishing making the meal. <laughs> okay. So just finishing touches on the meal that they're going to eat. Yes. They sit down. They send you to bed. Yep. Weeping. Yep. And sit down for dinner. Yeah, because I wanted to eat in peace. Wow. Which as a parent now, I kind of get. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Gail. And so then after that, they took me to the emergency room and felt very sheepish. Yeah. When I come home. All broken. (laughs) All broken. All broken. (laughs) I love that about your family. (laughs) So like unwilling to deal with emotions. (laughs) Anything, just like, just put him in the corner. Put a lampshade on his head. (laughs) One of my favourite stories that your wife told me was when uh, you had a breakdown at the dinner table for some reason about swimming or something like that. Yeah, when Uh, I had to give swimming up. Yeah, to give swimming up. So you're like really emotional at the table and you start like weeping at the table and your family stands up from the dinner table, (laughs) leaves you there to weep and calls your girlfriend at the time to come and console you so they don't have to deal with it. And they... I'm literally at the dining room table by myself eating my soup now. That started as a pasta. Charlotte walks in. I didn't even know she was called. Oh, and, and my apparently my family were like, he's in there. They were all in the back room hiding away from the weeping child. They've made like a pillow fort so they can hide away together. They've got candles on, turn all the lights out. It was like the apocalypse. Oh, that is great. But it, it's a man thing, though. 
Like, yeah, just avoiding dealing with. Because when you do this, I do the I do the exact same thing all the time. Because yeah. we have this mentality of like it'll sort itself out. Yeah, and surely. Like, and if it yeah, doesn't, then then I'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. So I recently, like last two years, had this like I had no idea this happened to you. Like yeah, I was, I'm showing you the scar now. Like you can still see it, but on my arm, I've got these two like white spots, and it. I don't know how it happened. Well, I do know how it happened. But I woke up one morning, I had these two like red spots on my arm and I was like, yeah. ah, that's weird. And just left it for yeah. a couple of days and it started to like grow on my arm. And um, anyway, it gets like three weeks in and probably halfway through I'm like, this is looking bad. So I just started like covering it up just so no one would see it. I just love that you, this is looking bad. Normal people, apparently not guys, would go, I'll go see a doctor. We're like... Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm covering it up. Eventually, my wife must have seen me with like I must have let it slip by not wearing like a full wetsuit around all the time, <laughs> and <laughs> and literally like my whole bicep is covered with this like festering wound, like two two of them that have blended together. Right. Okay. So I, I, she makes me go to the doctor. Rightly so. Probably should have gone earlier. And he's like, "Dude, nah. you've been bitten twice by a white tip spider, <laughs> and it just got all infected." And it, and I was just like, oh, "I'll just cover it up." She'd be right. So what did you end up doing for it? They just like antibiotics and yeah. clean it and all this stuff. And you know what? If you uh, got uh, to it early, you probably wouldn't have ever had to have antibiotics. Like yeah, they probably would have cl- cleaned it. And yeah, but on the other, on the flip side, if I reckon, if I just left it a bit longer, it would have gone away. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Just like should've, should've left salt it. water. Give it an extra three weeks. My response is go into cold. The cold ocean fixes everything. Yeah, right. It's like my version of Windex. <laughs> it's your solution for everything. Go in the cold ocean. Have a cold shower. Yeah, it'll solve it. Yeah. If it doesn't, yeah, it's probably game over anyway. Well, speaking of good ideas, let's get to <laughs> what we're talking about today, which is yes. special revelation. Last yes. week we talked about a general revelation, which is how God reveals himself to all people. Yep. Um, in the world around us, in who we are, in our conscience, all these great, good, beautiful things. Uh, but today we want to talk about special revelation, which is more specifically how God can be known. Yep. So, uh, Luke, why don't you read? Do you have a Bible in front of you? No, I've got it. Acts 17. Power play. <laughs> first, uh, we read this last week. Um, Paul was speaking to the philosophers, the Greek philosophers, and he says uh, that as I was walking along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Paul is painting a picture here of the fact that God can be known, Mm. that he is known as creator, he is known as sustainer, he is known as the source and breath of life. And verse 26 says, And he made from, from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they, that would be us, human beings, should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. And then he goes on to say that, yet he is actually not far from each one of us. And a beautiful passage of scripture there is Paul apologetically speaks of this God who one can be known and has revealed himself to us. Mm. And that's what we want to talk about is how has God specifically 
revealed himself to us in such a way that we might know him. Yeah, it's interesting in that text, Paul actually takes them from general revelation and then brings in the special revelation of he can be known and this is how he can be known. For sure. Yeah, so special revelation plays a really important part for us as Christians because it takes us just from a deistic worldview of who God (coughs) is, uh, of uh, a being out there, Mm. to uh, the the specificities of who he is and how he can be known and ties up general revelation in amongst all of that. Absolutely. As in the things of general revelation in mm. in all of that. So without special revelation, which we're going to get to what that is, but just to give the broad brush stroke, like primarily it's the word of God. Yep. It's the 66 books of the Old and New Testament that God has uh, created and preserved for us. Yes which we have available across the world in so many different languages today, which is a beautiful, sacred thing, right? And if we don't have this book, then then uh, what do we have? Yeah. Now you think about your, just take your church life, your Christian life, right? Yep. How much of what we do is formulated based upon this book, mm. this ancient, sacred text? Now, hopefully, the answer to that question is all of it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, well. yeah, maybe it's not, and we it needs to become all of it. Mm. But the reason that we have a faith today, the reason you know, this is the reason that God has ordained it to be this way. Yeah. But the reason we have a faith today, the reason that we have a church today, that the Christian church prevails across the globe, is because we have the consistent, unfallible, authoritative Word of God. Yeah. Available to us. Yeah, exactly right. And so we need we need special revelation. Mm-hmm. We need God to reveal himself to us as we've spoken about a couple of weeks ago. And he has. Yeah. Which is so cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's talk about what, what is special revelation. Yeah, well, I think um, Hebrews 1 verses 1 and 2 does a really good job of maybe framing this conversation. And you need to understand the idea of this podcast is... It's entry, like it's it's you know the gateway drug into the world of theology. Mm. And we hope that by and twirls, oh and twirls. Oh, by the way, <laughs> I went and visited someone the other day who'd gone through a real tough situation, yeah. and brought them twirls. Oh, and just left. Like that was enough. They were healed. Yeah, great. <laughs> just grew a leg back. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Yeah, it's a miracle. Phenomenal. Yeah, cool. Talk about special revelation. Yeah. Um, is that the idea of this is that you will take this and and jump into it. Like theology yeah. is is fun. Yeah. Because we're all theologians, we're all making having ideas of who God is. And so therefore it should be right. Mm. So anyway. You know when you go to like an ice creamery? Yeah. Or a gelati place mm. and you get a little taste of the of the uh what's your favorite? Uh my favorite ever was one called the Tim Tam Slam. Right, so you get a little taste, your first ever taste of the Tim Tam Slam. Heaven's open. Heaven's open, and so what do you do with that? You don't walk away and leave. Exactly right. You you dive in and you buy a whole whole punnet full. Damn straight you do. A whole punnet full of strawberries. A whole punnet full of... And then you also buy some Tim Tam Slam. <laughs> Throw the strawberries away. <laughs> yeah, been there. You don't need that rubbish. No. And Just the ice cream. Eat that sugary ice cream. Yeah. And that's what we hope this to be. Nice, Joel. Very Not good. the strawberries. But the ice cream. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Just that little foretaste so that you can jump in and Boom. and search out and know God for yourself. Yeah, that's right. In the right manner. So Hebrews 1, 1 to 2 says this, Long ago and many times and in many ways, 
God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Wow. So this verse is going to frame the rest of our conversation mm. in that God has revealed himself to us. Yeah. And, and, and actually in, in that text, it says it in, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers. So this is the, the writer of Hebrews referring back to the writers in scripture mm. um, um, and, and, and the things that they witnessed and were a part of that are recorded in scripture. Mm. Um, and then the ultimate revelation of God's word, which is his son. Spoiler alert. We'll talk about that at the end. <laughs> I rate that. <laughs> they probably saw it coming though. It's not a huge spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So in many times and in many ways, how does God reveal himself specifically? Now, the first one we're going to point to is relates to our last conversation. Yeah. To creation. York. So we have in scripture the means by which we know without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. <laughs> that God created everything. Yes. So generally we can look around us and we can see that creation has order mm-hmm. and that humanity um, has the capacity for reason and a conscience and all these things that point to a God. Yep. But until we get to Genesis chapter 1, yep. verse 1, which you know is pretty well the start, right? Yeah. Straight past the table of contents. Yep. We don't know that uh, the God that created that or brought that into being whether it's gods plural mm. or whether it's um you know <laughs> how it was, was brought to being you know like totally. you look at um other narratives mm. of you know creation creation accounts, accounts in those times and it's through conflict a lot of the time or yeah um yeah, through. yeah or out of need a desire to have humanity to serve them or yep. you know these these idols yeah but in the special revelation of scripture, we have what we might refer to as attributed creation. Yep. So creation is attributed to God. Yep. And so in his word, we have um, God being revealed to us more fully as the creator, Mm. specifically as the creator of everything from nothing. Yep. And that that creation is then given its purpose. It's given uh, a direction um, because of, of the way that, Scripture directs us to look. Yeah. So in Which that, is to the God who created it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we, we pretty much touched that or covered that last week. Yar. But secondly, it says this. In many, uh, and many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Now these, at many times and in many ways, you mentioned the fathers, right? Often when we think of Old Testament fathers, we think about like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, think about everything that God did in um, calling, setting apart, creating a people for Himself. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a covenant-making God mm-hmm. who is faithful to His covenants. We have a rescuing God who rescues um, His people when they're in slavery in Egypt. Um, we certainly have a wrathful God, a God who deals with sin. Yep. In in sometimes what we might look at as extravagant ways, mm. right? But what are all of these things? These are all God's actions, mm. God doing. That's right. And so that is a means of revelation. Yep. The um, God is revealed by his works. Yeah. Um, so I just pointed to a few. Uh, I don't know if you want to pull out any, but maybe a good place to start is the call of 
Abraham or mm. Abram at the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah, even within that story, we see that God reveals himself to Abraham. And, and, and this is actually a really good thing for us to understand that is uh, you know, linked in throughout this whole section. And the fact that we can say special revelation is that God reveals himself through his word. Mm. And I think... That has to be addressed straight away because of the fact of how he reveals himself to Abraham in Genesis 12. When he, when he calls Abram, mm. Abram's an, an idolater. He's someone who is not, you know, does not know this God, but God reveals himself to him mm. through his word. And then Abraham responds to God's call to him. Yeah. So right there we, we learn about God's revealing nature. Yeah. When we get to the Exodus and he saves the descendants of Abram, Yep. Abraham, <laughs> we have a rescuing God. Mm. But also in his acts, like if we think about the Exodus account and the the, the judgment on um, on Pharaoh and on Egypt, yep. God there is declaring his supreme authority as the only God. That's right. Where the gods of Egypt are nothing. They're pittance to him. A yeah, pittance. Yeah, that's right. And, and God revealing not only in his supremacy, that his supremacy in creating mm. and therefore setting a standard. He's the one who is um, uh, the one who is like above all of these things. So he, he reveals himself as the one who sets that standard. And so therefore, because he sets that standard, he can be the judge. Mm. Now, without that special revelation, we, we wouldn't know that about him. We just see that, what are these events going on? Yeah, yeah there's just stuff happening. Yeah, and that's why God always preceded those events with Moses telling them, mm. you know. Yeah, with revelation by words, yeah. Revelation by words, yeah. yeah. I am the God who will set you free. Yep. Totally. Okay, and so so we see God yep. in what he does. What he does. So that, that then again comes through in Jesus. So when Jesus went around and he healed people, he yeah. was showing people what the God of this kingdom is mm. like. The kingdom that he's bringing is, is going to be made whole and, and right again in, in, in the way that he describes what that, that kingdom will do and what his people will do mm. that is all displaying who God is. Yeah, for sure. There's a really important part of um, read through Matthew at the moment. Yep. Um, and right in the, well, not really the middle, sort of the middle of Matthew, there's Matthew chapter 8, believe it or not. What? And um, the whole chapter is built around, um, well, Matthew is trying to portray to us the authority of Jesus. Yeah. And so you have the story of Jesus cleansing a leper, of healing uh, this uh, the centurion's servant, of he heals heaps of people, um, he calms the storm, and then he heals two men um, who are possessed by demons. Mm. So just in like the constraints of one chapter, Matthew is showing us, like explicitly showing us, this is Jesus, yep. the Son of God, who um, is is equally God and fully God, just as the Father is, and He has authority to heal the sick, um, to uh, to calm storms. He has the authority over nature, mm. and He has authority over the spiritual, yeah, over demons. This is showing like the breadth and length of the authority mm. that Jesus has. Yeah, the power. And therefore the power and the authority that, that God has, yeah. right? All, all by means of showing us what he does. Mm. 
And I think that's just an example, right, of what you're saying mm-hmm. of of um, us seeing and viewing the scripture as pointing to who God is. In this case, in who Jesus is, who the Son of God is. Yep. Yep. Revelation by seeing what He does. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so the the next then is it, within this special revelation, we see what. God is like through what he values mm. and so therefore the value that is given to them. So what God values, you know, his revelation in his nature, which then is given, um, what's the word, like given uh, more body to it mm. when, you know, he, he talks about in special revelation. Uh, so like the value that he puts um, of like rest mm. in creation. You know, yeah. the, the building into the, the creation narrative of the Sabbath it talks about the, the, who that God is, mm. um, and and the and the beauty of um, stopping and acknowledging who He truly is. Yeah, even in like the well, when we get to the Ten Commandments, right? We have the command in the fourth commandment is to keep the Sabbath holy. Mm-hmm. In a reflection of the God who enjoys rest. Yeah, and stops stops productivity, as it were, mm. to rest. Mm. So we are reflecting him, and we are cutting the cycle of, uh, of you know, anxious productivity. Yeah, that our world creates for us, and thus greed and and everything else. Yeah, all the sin of that 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 comes out of it. Yeah, and so God, in the command of it, and in the action of it Himself, yep. shows us the value He places on. On rest, mm. um, we see the same thing in um, in Judges when so not explicitly, but in what God values that the downfall of like for those who maybe aren't aware, but Judges follows this sin cycle. It points to the communal and individual sin of His people that um, continually turn away from God, yep. and therefore you know are judged and then need to be delivered yeah, do right in their own eyes yeah is the the common phrase and um consequently one of the things that uh, often crops up as the uh as the sin part of that cycle is the devaluing of women mm. in a bunch of different stories in a bunch of different ways we see continually this cycle is often led or or a big part of it is the devaluing of of women, of image bearers of God in the book of Judges. And so the judgment upon Israel's sin, of which that devaluing of women is so so significant, excuse me, Mm -hmm. um, shows us the value that God places on women Mm. and that that is sin. Yep. Like to devalue in whatever way or context that comes. Mm. And so there we catch a glimpse of, though, though we might, it's just an example of it's not given explicitly, but we see God the value that God places um, on women mm. through how He judges those who do the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's often through God's judgment that we see what is important to Him. Mm. Like you think about the the story of Noah, we see the value that God puts on on continuing to keep His image bearers alive despite mm. their lack of uh, righteousness. He keeps yep. them for himself, and and then he keeps animals alive in amongst all that. You know, like in the in the ark, he keeps a one of every kind, so that therefore they can you know repopulate the world. But 
all that aside, he shows the value that he still puts on his creation mm. to work to keep it functioning and to keep it alive. Yeah. Which is, um, again, all revealed through God's special revelation to us. Totally. Found in his word. Found in his word. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose that, like, there's other things we can point to. We can point to, like, the theophany. Uh, the, the theof- yeah, theophanies. Theophanies. I question myself on that. The <laughs> theophanies, like God revealing himself in the burning bush yep. and, um, you know, the angel of the Lord showing up to Joshua and, mm-hmm. you know, other scenarios. But yep. all of those then fall into this category of the fact that special revelation is built on the premise that God speaks. Yep. They are all means by which God speaks to his people. And I suppose that's the primary way in which as... Um, as Hebrews chapter 1 puts it, is that um, God has spoken yeah. to our fathers and the prophets. Yeah, in many times and in many ways. And it's yeah through his, his words that he's done it. And that, that's the key thing of Scripture. Even when he would do something by his works, it is it's always the, the words that, that flow from there yeah. or that lead to that or help direct that. We see the prophets that would appear and that's, you know, thus saith the Lord mm-hmm. in the old... I'll, you know, I'm pretty sure that the only way you can actually ever use scripture to say "thus say the Lord" is you have to say "and thus saith the Lord." Oh yeah, old English has old to English, be. Old English, yeah, King yeah. James version, brother. Yeah. Um, what if you're reading the Hebrew? It's it literally is "thus saith the Lord" oh, in Hebrew. It? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Okay. I don't know if yeah, you know yeah. that. No, no, no. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and shows that God comes to His people mm. through another, but through their words. Yeah. That he, he speaks and he leads them through his words. That God is ultimately revealing what he wants, what he likes, what he values, all those things through his words. We see that in the prophets and then in the New Testament through the apostles. Yeah. God speaks. God speaks. And the big thing that I think I, I really want people to understand is, is God is the initiator of all of these things. As in he's the one who comes to Moses, who's a murderer in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one who reveals himself to Abraham the dud, who's just, you know, an, an idolater. Yeah. He's the one who reveals himself to Israel. He's the one who comes to us and reveals himself. It is not that these people were good people or reached some certain level of enlightenment. No, no, no. They were by God's grace used. Yeah, and recipients of his revelation, which is perfectly exemplified in Christ. Yes, and what well, as as the writer of Hebrews says, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But verse two, but in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, mm. whom He appointed as the heir of all things, through whom He created the world. Yeah. Now we have so that our fathers and the prophets, mm-hmm. they were received the revelation of God, which we still have available to us today, which is still authoritative yep. and essential mm. in, in relation to the story of God's redemption. That's right. But like the, the progression is like, here's the better thing. But now we have sort of the culmination of God's revelation to us, yep. which is in not just his words, but in the word, as John 1 would put it, the logos, mm. the, the word made flesh who has made his dwelling among us. And uh, as John 1 uh, one says that um, we have now seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Yeah. So what ultimately we're saying here 
is that this special revelation has been working. All the words of Scripture have been working to reveal the Word, who is the revelation of who God is, Mm. Jesus Christ. And so all of this special revelation is working to him. You could say even, Kim, that the gospel, the sorry, the Bible is a gospel-centered book. I don't know if you're aware of this. No way. It is. It's moving us to the good news of Jesus Christ. I've heard someone say that before. Don't know. I can't recall. I read it in a book once. It was. <laughs> I love uh, verse 18 of John chapter 1. One says this. It says, no one has ever seen God. True? True. Then it says semicolon. It doesn't say that. It's got a semicolon. <laughs> semicolon. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Mm. So in the context of what it's talking about, so no one has ever seen God. You and I have never seen God. He is invisible. We are unable uh, to know him for ourselves. But the only God, speaking of Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, he who is at the Father's side has made him known. So when we look at Jesus, when we read his words, when we see his life, when we um, behold his authority, for example, in Matthew chapter 8, when we see the grace and the truth that he brings and teaches and displays most perfectly on the cross, his truth where he receives the full wrath of God for sin in the place of sinners and his grace as he gives us his righteousness Mm. so that we might be restored and might be uh, brought into right relationship with God through repentance and faith in the sufficient sacrifice of Jesus. We, We have the one whom God has spoken through to us in Jesus Christ. All right, so... On that beautiful little... So what does this mean now? What does it mean? Yeah, what does it mean? Like, so we've got this special revelation. How are we as the people of God to respond? Well, firstly, and we always talk about this, but we... Can I jump in with one? I know where you're going to go, but can I just jump in on one just real quick? Sure. Possibly. Go to a break. Yeah, go to a break. Is that we are, as people, desperately longing for God to reveal himself to us. Ooh. We are constantly... You know, like the amount of times I've had conversations with people who are going, oh, just God would just reveal himself to me. Mm. Well, that text in Hebrews, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. In in it's saying that uh, that God has spoken to us through his son. Mm. That God is revealing himself to us through his son. God is revealing himself to you. Don't be so crazy to think that the only way that you can ever see God is that, you know, for him to appear to you in some sort of theophany. Mm. No, the primary way that God reveals himself to us is through his word. Take, for example, I was speaking to someone about this recently. Um, when Moses goes up onto the mountain, uh, he requests that God show him his glory. Mm-hmm. The glory of God being his weightiness, his substance, his, you know, it, it, it's so all encapsulating of who God is. Like, mm-hmm. I want to see your glory, Moses says. Yep. And God says, you can't, you'll die, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. that which is unholy cannot be in the presence of holiness. But he says, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock and I'll cover you with my my hand, in, in what, other words, like uh, blinding your vision momentarily. And as my glory passes by, I'll r- remove that covering. Yep. 
right? And it says that God does that, and Moses captures a glimpse of the backside of the glory of God yeah. as it passes by. And it says he descends from the mountain and his face shines for days, yeah. right? Now, we read stories like that, and this was the conversation I'm having, and we go, man, I wish I was Moses. Like, I wish I got to see the glory of God, Yeah, which in itself isn't wrong, but it's wrong when we go... I wish I was that because how much more faithful would I be? Big time. How much more obedient to God's word would I be? Mm-hmm. How much more full of of fervor mm. would I be to pursue God? And that is just absolutely uncanny because as we have seen in Christ we have revealed the glory yeah. of God. Yep. For we have seen his fullness. In Christ Jesus, God has spoken to us through the Word made flesh, yep. and now we have seen His glory. Yeah, stop stop trying to boil down your obedience to a revelatory moment, yeah. going, oh, I will do this if God does that first. Can Look at that sentence. <laughs> yeah. Who's God? Yeah. Who's trying to be God in that scenario? Yeah. We just need to be so, so careful in mm. what we're trying to do. And I guess like this, we, we ramble, we rant. Often about this. <laughs> Often about this. If you are seeking God, make sure that you are seeking God, the God of Scripture. Yeah. And not trying to boil God down into like I don't know, some some encounter that you're you're hoping he will do for you. Mm. You know, like that God might be so gracious to to make you so aware of his presence as he's done many a time in many a people's lives. Mm. But do not rest upon that as being your... You've got the living word of God right in front of you every single day. Mm. The same living word that spoke to Abraham. Yeah. The same living word that, that spoke to Moses, that led the Israelites out of the um, the clutches yeah, of... An, so good. And, and, and yet we want to boil it down to having some... Warm and fuzzy. Warm and fuzzy? Yeah. Well, that, not even, but... Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I look, don't get me wrong. I, I don't want us to have a naturalistic view of go, you know, you know, Father, Son and Holy Scriptures. Like I'm not about that. No. But what I am saying is don't be longing for the mysterious will of God when we have the revealed will of God right in front of us. Mm. And build your life upon upon that first. Like make that what you are longing for. Long for God's presence through that. Totally. Rather than him to av- reveal something to you. Or going for a walk on the beach. Yeah. Well, I, you know, you, you bring up the Father, Son, and Holy Scripture example. Like I would just say that um, that God the Father is glorified mm-hmm. as the Spirit of God uses the Word of God to exalt the Son of God. Mm. The, the Holy Spirit is essential in us understanding and his Holy Scriptures being illuminated to us yep. so that we might behold the glory of the Son and therefore know the Father. Yeah. What a beautiful privilege that is. What a wonderful privilege. In fact, Jesus speaks about that, you know, John the Baptist is the greatest man who ever lived, but those who live in this time mm. are more blessed than he. Yeah. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Can I say that? I don't think so. I've said it down there. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> what well, else, John? Redeem this moment. What else? I think maybe uh, just as we wrap this up, but thinking back on what we talked about last week in relation to general revelation mm-hmm. and the differences between these two, 
is obviously we can only know God through special revelation. Mm -hmm. But I think so often we as finite human beings choose to make decisions Mm -hmm. where we are being sculpted and shaped by general revelation more than we are special revelation. Mm. Let me explain what I mean. So um, often we can allow ourselves to be more shaped by our culture and our conscience, Mm. both of which we know are marred by sin, uh, or we talked about last week are marred by sin. Mm. And we make decisions based on, on those things rather than submitting to and obeying the word of God that we have in special revelation. Yeah. Now, the result of which is we make silly decisions that don't glorify God and in fact lead us away from Jesus. But the cure to which is that we allow our conscience and hopefully the culture of at least our immediate culture in our church family, our community of people that we are aligned with in our pursuit of Jesus, Mm. um, we allow those things to be shaped by special revelation. Mm. By, let me just stop using that term, by the word of God. Mm. So our conscience being, as we are being renewed and transformed in our minds by the truth of God's word. And that doesn't take, you know, that that's not just like a morning devotion today and I'm done. Yeah, That's a, a, a lifetime of seeking God in his word and being shaped and formed by that as we submit to what it says mm. rather than bringing our opinions to God and saying, hey, can you have a think about this? We instead allow God <laughs> to bring his opinions to us and we say, yes, Lord, <laughs> and we submit and obey because of the love and the grace that he has showed us and because he is Lord and King. Absolutely. Um, and then also we want our culture at least our immediate culture. Like, I'm not just talking about like societal culture, but I'm talking about like the intimate relationships that we have in our Christian walk. Mm. So is the culture of the young adults group that you're a part of, or just like your circle of friends that are young adults, I mean by that, mm. or the families that you um, uh, are spending your life with, is are those cultures being shaped by the word of God mm. or are they more shaped by work anxiety and you know, whether your sporting team won or lost on the weekend. Yeah. Or how the kids have been. Yep. I feel the I feel the burn on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's wrap it up right there. We are next week gonna start jumping into yep. um more specifically what the Bible is. Yeah. What the Bible is, why it can be trusted, um, how we are to study it, all these big questions. Yep. Um we're gonna spend some time on them. And uh, soak in it. Soak in it. So we'll see you then. Have a blessed and beautiful week.